This is Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. And now your host, Michael O'Fallon. We are being transitioned from an analog, real, physical, objective world and into a digital, hyper-real, Gnostic, subjective world. And as a nation in the United States, we are being transitioned from a sovereign constitutional nation into a codependent, top-down, technocratic, enviro-communo-fascist state, from a free market on-demand economy to a socialist economy built upon scarcity and the equitable distribution of limited resources. You can call it sustainability. But let's examine first what I mean by an on-demand economy and the transition into an economy of scarcity. In our current, or past, just recently, on-demand economy, that we have had that was built upon biblical principles of self-reliance and responsibility, that was built upon the systems that required independence, risk, and strategy, systems such as those envisioned by Adam Smith, philosophy that was forged upon John Locke, upon the ideas of men like Thomas Paine, Thomas Jefferson, and several of our founding fathers that sought liberty, not guarantees, that told government and monarchs to get out of the way, that supported self-reliance, that was the American spirit. And that self-reliance in American spirit meant that government mainly existed to preserve your freedoms and liberties so you could be self-reliant, that understood that as soon as government got in the way of the sovereign rights of the individual men, that things could go very bad, very quickly. So we operated under the assumption that abundance and personal choice was good, whatever that may mean in a free society, that men could eat what they want, could drink what they want, could work in jobs that they wanted to work in, that men and women could marry whom they wanted, that men could have and be whatever they wanted to have and could be whatever they wanted to be. And very importantly, Man would be responsible for defending himself and defending his own property. That's what he privately owned. And man can do whatever he wants with what he owns. And when he wants to sell that which he owns and buy something else, well, he was free to do that as well. And as an economy was built upon these ideas, abundance was generally the result. And if you could build or make or provide something that people wanted, then you could be very, very successful in America. Because we had an on-demand economy. An economy, by the way, that was just roaring back in 2019, after being beaten down for eight years, and actually even longer than that. 
in 2017 and 2018 was the crescendo to 2019. Things were cheap. Things were plentiful. Success was easy for those who just wanted to work hard and earn it. If you wanted a pair of, let's say, specific Asics running shoes, you could get them relatively cheaply and quickly. If you wanted prime beef, you could get it relatively cheaply and quickly. If you wanted a Mercedes E300, you could get one in whatever color you wanted, relatively quickly, without a problem. But if you noticed, with all sorts of items and foods and electronics and things, those things in 2022 have become scarce. And maybe you might have to order some of those things. And maybe you might have to wait in line for a long, long time for some of those things. Months. Maybe you'll get them in 2023, but who knows? You know, kind of like how things are in socialist economies where there is a lack of variety of things. Also, Travel has become challenging. Travel is very challenging. And we hear of thousands of flights throughout the airline industry who are unable to fly because they don't have enough pilots or crew. Because pilots and crew are scarce. Because tens of thousands of airline pilots and crew were fired because they wouldn't succumb to a medical experiment in 2021. And this scarcity, of course, means fewer flights, which means higher prices. And the prices of flights are through the roof, as gas and oil prices are pushed through the roof. Not because of a Russian dictator, but because this is what BlackRock, the World Economic Forum, and the Biden administration want to have happen. Heck, Joe Biden has now admitted that this is what they are doing talking about how the energy transition we are all going through is going to be accompanied by some pain. That's what happens in energy transitions, says President Joe Biden. Now, of course, when I said this in 2020 and 2021 and explained that this would all be happening, I was called a conspiracy theorist. The problem is that, yes, there is a conspiracy But it is no theory. It is a strategy. Heck, I was a part of this nonsense for several years, about 12 years ago. And all of this is purposeful. To squeeze you. To make it uncomfortable to have the life and the economic system that we had before. Because we are being transitioned into an economic model of scarcity. And I will go into this in more detail in future episodes, but be rest assured that everything, goods, food, services, and travel, and your liberties, are on their way to becoming scarce. And so the on-demand economy is being killed off. It is being killed by those that seek to be your masters. And your new masters will be the ones that choose what you will eat and what you will drink, and where you will go, and where you will live, and how you will worship, 
and how much money you'll be allowed to spend. And because in this new world of scarcity, things will get scarce. I know that sounds redundant, but the point needs to be made. And if you've been paying attention on social media over the past 24 to 48 hours, you will see that this is exactly what the Dutch farmers are fighting against in Europe this very day. Now, you won't see this on Fox News. You won't see this on CNN. But it is going on. It is the biggest story right now in Europe. The Dutch farmers who are shutting down their nation to be able to continue to farm in the way that they have for decades. They are fighting for the right to do their own jobs. They are fighting for the right to grow and distribute food. And they are being told that no, 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 there are greater priorities than you growing and distributing food. And who is telling them this? It is the Dutch government, which is very much controlled by the World Economic Forum. And the Dutch government has decided that because of the spurious invented need to reduce nitrogen in the atmosphere, and the government's nitrogen reduction policy is telling the farmers to make their businesses more sustainable, or they must relocate or quit. In plain terms, what they're telling them is this. The farmers must rid themselves of their livestock and find another way to farm. They must rid themselves of the production of meat and beef and find another way to farm. Because, you see, they'll use nitrogen as the reason that nitrogen is in the atmosphere. We must reduce those levels because of the COP26 agreements that we made. But the reason is because you want to reduce meat. And also... You want it to be scarce as you begin to manipulate and change the world and mold and shape it in the world that you will eventually have it. And so the farmers have taken a stand, a very dangerous stand, and they have said no. Now, the last thing that the World Economic Forum and the Biden administration wants right now is for you to take a stand and say no. They don't want Americans doing the same thing. They don't want a repeat of what happened with the Canadian truckers. They don't want a repeat of what's happening right now in the Netherlands. So you need to be preoccupied. So as they shorten supplies and create scarcity, you need to be distracted with other things that will distract you from the things that you might want. From the life you might want to live in the real world. So you will now have a metaverse to live in. And so you won't be in control of your life. The experts will be in control. The combination of both governance and the corporate world. A public-private partnership. Fascism. Really, enviro-communo-fascism. They will be in control. And they have been making plans for this moment for a long, long time. It is tyranny. And this is where it is important to stop and note that this was nearly the same situation that our forefathers found themselves in 250 years ago. Not different at all in many ways. And it is important to remember that before Americans were American, they were British. Before Americans governed themselves, they were governed by a distant British king and a British parliament in which they had no vote. 
Before America was an independent state, it was a dependent colony. Before Americans expressed support for equality, their government society were aristocratic and highly hierarchical. These transformations were complex, you see, but the changes owe a great deal to the thing that we just celebrated, the Declaration of Independence of 1776. It was America's break from tyranny. But that break, it came with the price of war. In its opening lines, the Declaration made a radical statement. America was one people. We, the people. But on the eve of independence, the 13 colonies had been separate provinces, and colonist loyalties were to their individual colonies and the British Empire rather than to each other. In fact, only commercial and cultural ties with Britain served to unify the colonies. Yet the Declaration helped to transform South Carolinians, Virginians, New Yorkers, and other colonists into Americans. And in the light of all the distortions and half-truths that are constantly repeated, let's be clear. What sparked the ire of our founders was not taxes. It was tyranny. Their theme was not simply taxed enough already. It was tyrannized enough already. Their tolerance for tyranny was taxed to the max. That's a taxation the founders could no longer take. But this declaration of war, of saying, we will not do what the king asks, was a terrifying prospect. Remember, there were no guarantees for the men that fought for independence from the British here in America. They were going to face the greatest army on the planet at the time. But they went ahead anyway, because they wanted to live free, bowing to no king but God. They risked everything to live free and declare their independence. Now, 250 years later, imagine the shock and outrage these 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence would feel if they were to discover that 246 years later, the government they had risked their lives to create has been transformed into a militaristic police state in which exercising one's freedoms, at a minimum, merely questioning a government agent, is often viewed as a flagrant act of defiance. In fact, had the Declaration of Independence been written today, it would have rendered its signers extremists or terrorists, resulting in them being placed on a government watch list, targeted for surveillance of their activities and correspondence, and potentially arrested, held indefinitely, stripped of their rights, and labeled enemy combatants. So I would say that it's time to read the Declaration of Independence again, and ask yourself if the list of complaints tallied by Jefferson don't bear a startling resemblance to the abuses we the people are suffering now at the hands of the American police state. The Declaration announced America's separation from one of the world's most powerful empires, Britain, 
Parliament's taxes imposed without American representation, along with King George III's failure to address or ease his subjects' grievances, made dissolving the bands which have connected them not just a choice, but an urgent necessity. As the Declaration made clear, the, quote, long train of abuses and usurpations, end quote, and the tyranny exhibited, quote, over these states, end quote, forced the colonists to alter their form of government. And so Jefferson explained that it was the people's right, it was their duty, to throw off the repressive government. Under the new American system, Americans would govern themselves. And now, in 2022, that new system is under attack. It's under attack from within with our government. It's under attack from within with our own national corporations that are party to what the World Economic Forum is doing. It is under attack from the outside with the Chinese Communist Party and by those who would seek to end the sovereignty of the United States of America. But if we were to compose another declaration of independence from this globalist enviro-communo-fascist empire being built today, what would it look like? Well, in our current people's vernacular of 2022, it might sound something like what appeared, let's say, in Zero Hedge yesterday, where it stated the following, quote, There comes a time when a populace must stand united and say, enough is enough, to the government's abuses, even if it means getting rid of the political parties in power. Believing that we the people have a natural and divine right to direct our own lives, here are truths about the power of the people and how we arrived at the decision to sever our ties to the government. All people are created equal. All people possess certain innate rights that no government agency or individual can take away from them. Among these are the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The government's job is to protect the people's innate rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The government's power comes from the will of the people. Whenever any government abuses its power, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish that government and replace it with a new government that will respect and protect the rights of the people. It is not wise to get rid of a government for minor transgressions. You know, in fact, history has shown people resist change and are inclined to suffer all manner of abuses to which they have become accustomed. However, when the people have been subjected to repeated abuses and power grabs, carried out with the purpose of establishing a tyrannical government, people have a right and a duty to do away with that tyrannical government and replace it with a new government that will protect and preserve their innate rights for their future well-being. This is exactly the state of affairs that we are suffering under right now, which is why it is necessary that we change this imperial system of government. The history of the present imperial government is a history of repeated abuses and power grabs carried out with the intention of establishing absolute tyranny over our country.
To prove this, consider the following. The government has, through its own negligence and arrogance, refused to adopt urgent and necessary laws for the good of the people. The government has threatened to hold up critical laws unless the people agree to relinquish their right to be fully represented in the legislature. In order to expand its power and bring about compliance with its dictates, the government has made it nearly impossible for the people to make their views and needs heard by their representatives. The government has repeatedly suppressed protests arising in response to its actions. The government has obstructed justice by refusing to appoint judges who respect the Constitution and has instead made the courts march in lockstep with the government's dictates. The government has allowed its agents to harass the people, steal from them, jail them, and even execute them. The government has directed militarized government agents, aka a standing army, to police domestic affairs in peacetime. The government has turned the country into a militarized police state. The government has conspired to undermine the rule of law and the Constitution in order to expand its own powers. The government has allowed its militarized police to invade our homes and inflict violence on homeowners. The government has overtaxed us without our permission. The government has denied us due process and the right to a fair trial. The government has engaged in extraordinary rendition. The government has continued to expand its military empire in collusion with its corporate partners in crime and occupy foreign nations. The government has eroded fundamental legal protections and destabilized the structure of government itself. The government has not only declared its federal power superior to those of the states, but has also asserted its sovereign power over the rights of we the people. The government has ceased to protect the people and instead waged domestic war against the people. The government has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, and destroyed the lives of people. The government has employed private contractors and mercenaries to carry out acts of death, desolation, and tyranny, totally unworthy of a civilized nation. The government, through its political propaganda, has pitted its citizens against one another. The government has stirred up civil unrest and laid the groundwork for martial law. Repeatedly, we have asked the government to cease its abuses. Each time, the government has responded with more abuse. An imperial ruler who acts like a tyrant is not fit to govern a free people. We have repeatedly sounded the alarm to our fellow citizens about the government's abuses. We have warned them about the government's power grabs. We have appealed to the sense of justice, real justice, not social justice, not a Marxist identity form of justice that unites us all. We have reminded everyone within our faith communities, within our national communities, within the communities of man, of our common bonds. But the government has rejected our plea for justice and brotherhood. They are equally at fault for the injustices being carried out 
by their own governance. In the 246 years since early Americans first declared and eventually won their independence from Great Britain, we the people have managed to work ourselves right back under the tyrant's thumb. Only this time, the tyrant is actually one of our own making. It is the supranational police state. The abuses that have been seen by an imperial government and endured by the American people really have not ended. They have merely evolved. And if anything, they could become much, much worse. And we the people are still being robbed blind by a government of thieves. We are still being taken advantage of by a government of scoundrels, idiots, and monsters. We are still being locked up by a government of greedy jailers. We are still being spied upon by a government of peeping toms. We are still being ravaged by a government of ruffians, rapists, and killers. We are still being forced to surrender our freedoms. And those of our children and grandchildren to a government of extortionists, money launderers, and corporate pirates. And we are still being held at gunpoint by a government of soldiers, a standing army in the form of a militarized police. Now, given the fact that we are a relatively young nation, it hasn't taken very long for an authoritarian regime to creep into power. Unfortunately, the bipartisan coup that laid siege to our nation did not happen overnight. It did sneak in under our radar, hiding behind the guise of national security, the war on drugs, the war on terror, political correctness, hate crimes, and a host of other official-sounding programs aimed at expanding the government's power at the expense of individual freedoms. The building blocks for the bleak future we're just now getting a foretaste of were put in place by government officials we trusted to look out for our best interests. And all the while, our schools and our churches have ideologically indoctrinated a red guard to take the heart of our nation. And it is time to declare ourselves constitutional Americans once again and take our nation back because we must win. I'm Michael O'Fallon, and this has been Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic.